What's up, ladies and gents? Welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pakulski. Living your life in your greatest body means sometimes going outside the lines and seeing what exists in the fringe. And today's conversation is definitely fringe, not because it's not substantiated, but because people really don't know a lot about this. This may be the next frontier in performance. Many really, really bright physicians and leaders in the, in the fitness space think it is so. Uh, today's guest is one of the top authorities in the fitness uh, space when it comes to peptides. He's been on the podcast before, but I brought him back because I get so many questions about peptides. And to be honest, the first time we interviewed, I didn't know a lot about peptides. So I, in the interim, I've had the opportunity to dive into peptides a little bit more, um, being able to explore some of the work of Dr. Dan Stickler, who is also a guest on the show, who will be a guest on the show again very, very soon. He's an amazing, brilliant guy. Uh, but today's guest is Jean-Francois Tremblay from Montreal, Canada. Uh, I apologize if there's a bit of a disconnect trying to understand his voice. Uh, I'll do my best to summarize everything he says uh, in many of the um, aspects of the podcast. So when we discuss peptides, we're going to look at the ones that are most substantiated. There's there's literally thousands of, of peptides that exist. We've identified over 7,000 peptides. Uh, we know that at least 100 of them have really, really beneficial effects uh, when taken exogenously or in, in um, isolated forms. So the ones that we discuss at the beginning of the podcast are the ones that have the most scientific data in humans, and that is BPC-157 and TB-500. Um, both of those, we discuss the effects, the benefits, and the dosing protocols. We also discuss epitalin, uh, which is said to increase um, the length of your telomeres. It suggests to improve lymph flow, potentially positive effects on cancer, uh, increased melatonin and um, many, many positive benefits just for overall health optimization and longevity. We discuss um, CGC, CJC 1295. We discuss uh, tesamorelin, ipamorelin, all these secretagogue um, growth hormone precursors that have had tremendous um, exposure as of late, especially in the TRT space. A lot of people are looking at these things and there's really a lot of research out there, but um, some of the findings are a bit inconclusive and it seems to be that, you know, it, what may work for me may not work for you, as is often the case in most things. Uh, we also discuss SARMs. So SARMs being things that are selective androgen receptor modulators, meaning they have potential to have steroid-like effects without the negative effects on your um, hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. So SARMs being um, RAD140 or Osterine uh, S4, and we discuss a number of other peptides that I've never heard of that Jean-Francois is bringing to the table. And uh, he's all of his information checks out. So just so you guys know, I, I've vetted Jean-Francois. Like he's not just some guy who we're bringing in who claims to know what he's talking about. All of everything he says in this podcast checks out with other top authorities in the space. So if you're curious about whether or not this is the truth, uh, it seems as though he's very, very well up to date on all of the research with all of the claims that he's saying. He's very accurate compared to what I have seen to be suggested in other places. Now, that's not saying I'm an authority on peptides by any stretch that I can validate his opinions. But everywhere I look, he is saying the same thing as all of the other experts. So uh, take that as you will. I do not advocate the use of any legal substances, not that peptides are actually legal, they're for research purposes only. Apparently you can buy them uh, legally on the internet if it's for research purposes, um, but I do not condone or advocate 
the use of anything that may not be for research purposes. I'll just spit that out there for you guys because I do take this stuff seriously and I don't want anybody to do something stupid. Pay attention to the dosing protocols if you are going to do it. These are things that are substantially researched. Uh, and I'm very grateful for Jean Francois to jump on the podcast with me again. He actually drove down to see me in Toronto um, so we can do this thing live. We got to chat a little bit. He's got some really cool things in the pipeline for you guys in the future, uh, which is super exciting. So I hope you enjoy the podcast with Jean Francois Tremblay. And if you can't understand it, I apologize, but I'll do my best to always give you the best information I possibly can. You guys can join me in the Muscle Intelligence Facebook group where I'm often giving updates on podcasts, uh, reports on podcasts that are being launched, and maybe some additional show notes and updates from other previous guests. Have an amazing day. Live your greatest life in your greatest body. So let's talk peptides. Um, you know what you just what you just thought what you just spoke about is very interesting. So I'd like to get into um, understanding that a little bit. So you said this idea of um, you know people are concerned about the half life of peptides and and. Um, you know, you take a peptide, it's out of your system in 15, 15 to 20 minutes, just like growth hormone, right? Like growth hormone, we yeah, know it says no, a 20 no, minute it, it may, Again, it depends on the size. Of, if sure. it's a short peptide in the blood, it will be not broken down. Some of it will be broken down, but that's a few hour process. But it will go in the cells where it's supposed to work. Uh, and then it, it's out of the bloodstream very fast, either uh, broken down or it integrates uh, the target cells. So if you look at the half-life of a peptide, you're talking the, the time it remains in the blood, right. it can be very short, five, 10 minutes for some very small peptides. Uh, max uh, a few hours for bigger peptides, but the point is, it's not an indicative of how long the peptide will be working. If you talk at, uh, we talked about the epitalon and those bioregulators. Yep. They, they, they bind to the DNA chain, so you don't you have no trace in the blood, but they remain stuck in the DNA chain for months, uh, forever, basically, until the cell itself dies. That's why you need to replenish every six months or something to, to have new cells to get that peptide uh, in them. Uh, TB500, 12 hours max, it's out. Not a trace in the blood, but mm -hmm. it's after effect last 10 to 15 days. Right. So first thing I want to like, get into this a little bit is defining what peptide is for the audience. So. We're looking at a, a molecule formed with, with between two to fifty amino acids, but they suggest well, it could be more. You should more polypeptide, right? Two hundred, right? It's still a peptide. Uh, you're talking of uh, not a peptide anymore when there are ramifications, like when it's let's say you have a chain of amino acid mm -hmm. and another chain attached to it, then you can talk start to talk of a small protein. Uh, sure. Because of that. So most uh, peptides are uh, linear, just a chain. Bigger ones sometimes, they fold on themselves, but it's still a chain, no, no ramification, like growth hormone again. So basically, yeah. But uh, past two, 200 amino acids, it's, uh, I don't, out of my mind right now, I don't think there is 
bigger peptides. Right. But again, you know there is more than seven thousand peptides. Right. No. They, yeah. You know, in the body. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I know a uh, hundred myself, you know, it's, it's good. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, so these things work basically by by you know entering the cell and maybe replacing certain um, or the, you know they, they attach onto receptors and they maybe certain replace other other peptides in this transcription sequence. Yeah. Or even uh, yeah, they, they they bind to specific receptors many times, like TB five hundred DPC. Uh, it's not clear how they actually work, uh, but they do work. That we know sure, we know, fact. yeah, I can, yeah. And uh, in terms of receptors, uh, BPC, I think, yeah, BPC is very weird because uh, they're just starting to do research on its effect on the brain. It showed good effects, repairing effect, and uh, somehow it does attach to the same receptors as... Uh, Opulates. TB does. Uh, BPC. Really? Uh, with a stronger... Uh, so there may be benefit in somebody affinity. trying to reduce addictions to... Um, uh, well, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far to say, but it could be investigated at one point by somebody. But I had that personal experience with a client of mine who was using BPC for Crown. Uh, she was using... Uh, oxycodone or something like that for the pain and if she would take the oxycodone at the same time of the injection uh the oxycodone wouldn't work she the pain wouldn't you might wouldn't do as it's supposed right. to because the bpc has a higher affinity so the oh interesting so so it got it sort of negatively impacted the effectiveness yeah. so bpc has some of the um Greatest healing benefits in the guts. So we in feel, the right? guts, yeah, that's its uh, right. specialty. Right, and it's also supposed to work on uh, muscle tissue. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen some pretty amazing results. You sent me some pictures yeah. and stuff that happened as far as ability to heal. I actually experienced it as well, where I did uh, some dental surgery and then oh. used used BPC for five days, and they're like, the healing's going to take three to four weeks, and seven days it was completely healed. Exactly. Sometimes it's a quarter of the time yeah. right there. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, pretty amazing. Um, so is it also suggested for tendon and ligament repair, or is that primarily muscles? No. Um, anything. Right, so it's suggested for body. It, the BPC Any, stands for body protection compound, exactly. right? And it's... Uh, it's 15 amino acid chain. Is that, the, is that what it is? Uh, many times I have people asking me, you know, would it be good for this, I don't know, for the kidney, for example. And that was a couple of years ago. And I said, well, the truth is, I don't know. But you know, try it. And yes, it worked. Hmm. Uh, liver, uh, the patient uh, client, she had, uh, had the liver cancer. With scars, uh, she she got rid of it, but it leaves scars, mm -hmm. a bit like uh, those uh, alcoholic uh, livers. Alcoholic liver, yeah. Uh, she did one one vial of BPC over three weeks. Eighty percent of the scars were gone. Well, so it's supposed to be decreasing uh, systemic inflammation. We know that, right? Yes. But we don't know anything about the mechanism how it works. It just it, it accelerates healing. One, exactly the exact mechanism. I haven't seen, you mm -hmm. know, we're still looking into it. Because most of the research that is done right now around those peptides is, most of the research comes out from Croatia. And I think they have a financial interest in it because the only country where you cannot legally buy 
BPC is Croatia. I ah, think there is yeah. kind of a protector out there. So the, most of the study they do, and 90% plus of the studies come from there, they really try to prove their point that the product works. So they come up with all those studies. There are a few studies out of other countries that, yes, back, back up that research. Sure. We know it's not biased. It's, it works. But uh, little by little, now they kind of prove their points. Yeah, they go in more basic research on mechanism, but it's just starting. So let's talk about thymus in beta-4, TB500. Um, tell me about that. Like, I, I mean, I have some notes here, but like, you tell me about what it does. Uh, basically the same. <laughs> it's a S- great, similar but not great different. Uh, healing yeah. uh, effect. Um, not so much on the gut, though. That's the only difference mm-hmm. that I would see on healing. If you have a gut problem, go for BPC. Uh thing is, almost everybody has a gut problem, mm-hmm. you know, uh, some degree of permeability. But uh, if you have a tendon, ligament, uh, muscle injury, I have a tendency to go with the TB500 because I'm a big uh, fan of front loading. That is, first time uh, you use it. High dose. Start with a high dose. How much is a high dose? 10 milligrams. 10, at, 15 at milligrams. At one time? At one time. Yeah. Really? And, and and then you, because that one. All in one dose or, or would I do it like no. five times in one day kind of thing? No, no. One shot. One shot. And, uh, and then you continue every four or five days with maybe 2.5 to 5 milligrams. Mm to maintain that high level, not of the peptide, of its effect. And the advantage of it is, because if you start at 2.5 twice a week, you build up. So it may take a week or two before you see Understood. an effect. Front load, 48 hours, you say, oh, it works. You know, you, you have, and that's good. If you have pain, for example, mm-hmm. then that goes away very fast. Yeah, so some of the effects are suggested to be um, obviously joint pain and uh, tissue healing. Mm. Um, some people have said it has a difference in, in stamina. Like, you know, yeah, because it, uh, it increases uh, vascularization. So oh, interesting. So, any, any benefit to either of those things doing locally? Like if I, you know, we've heard well, some... I, I was uh, last week in San Francisco, well, in Silicon Valley with Dr. Matt Cook and He's using my peptides for his uh, therapies. He does stem cells. And uh, the guy was an anesthesiologist for 15 years. Mm-hmm. So he's, a, he's an expert in uh, infiltration, not only sure. in joints, you know, for everything. nerves and everything. So <clears throat> if you infiltrate those peptides, let's say in the knee, where blood circulation is bad. And there are some studies that show that, yes, it works better because now you you, uh, trap the peptide inside the joint, so it's not going to go around. You have a higher concentration. But that that has to be with uh, ultrasound and, you know, don't try that at home. Uh, Then, yes, you would have a greater effect. 
and faster. Is that legal for doctors to be using now, or is that kind of gray? Uh, it's a gray zone, but right now the FDA, I'm not in the state in, in Canada. No, in the states, uh, they're allowed to work under the cover of uh, investigative uh, medicine. Got it. And you sign the. Uh, a paper when you walk in that you, you agree to be part of some kind of investigation or research uh, on those things. So it's still a gray zone. Probably in a year or two, they will come out with some laws on that, hopefully in favor of. But uh, it's, a, it's a gray zone. Um, you brought up uh, epitalin. I'm very curious about that. So, like that one seems to have this, this incredible overall benefit, right? Yeah. So, uh, one thing I'll say about the TB500 before I move on is I've seen probably 500, maybe a thousand research studies, uh. um, and like every one of them is just amazing, right? Everyone has great results. So that one definitely has. There's definitely something there to be considered for anyone who's looking to optimize healing or decrease inflammation, oh, yeah. or like for sure. It's almost the type of thing that you may want to suggest everyone kind of take. Uh, right? Even as uh, you know, I talked. 10 milligrams, and then that, that I'm talking curative protocols. But I'm a strong believer, too, in uh, preventive protocols. Sure. Uh, where, okay, you don't have or you don't feel any injuries, but you may have small injuries that are starting to develop. So as we say, you kill it in the egg. Maybe once every two months, you do one vial of TB500, bang. You know, so it doesn't grow to something bigger than right. Has there been any uh, reports of negative implications of people with these things? Like, you know, so maybe someone has some type of genetic predisposition, turns on some gene and causes negative no, effects? No, the, the, the worst case scenario with most peptides that I get with people using them is uh, it doesn't work. Yeah. For me, uh, not from side effects, bad effects, no. It's either it's great, as uh, like amazingly great, as the best effect to the worst case scenario I get is it didn't work. And that's only because those people are at the left end of the curve. They're like almost non-responders. Yeah. And most of the time with those people, you just increase the dose and then it's going to work. You also have to be aware of the subjectivity of like someone's perception of what working really means. Right. Cause like, what are yeah. their expectations, you know? So that, that's very true. Yeah. Like oh, I was expecting it to be like, like change the way I feel. I'm like, well, you know, what are you expecting? You always have to be clear on that. Cause, um, you know, everyone could be expecting to be very different things. And, uh, I've seen reported side effects like rashes at sites of injections and little things like that, but it's not due to the peptides. It's due to the bacteriostatic water. They put some uh, some a bit of alcohol in it, mm-hmm. and antibacterial uh, compounds, and a very small percentage of people, but some are, are sensitive to that, not to the peptides. And now, okay, that's really interesting. Um, so moving on to epitalin, or however you may pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? What does it do? Well, ask me what it doesn't do. That would be faster. Yeah, so now, is that one of these that you take all the time as well? I mean, you take TB, VPC, is it yeah, you take uh, all the time? Yeah, that, that's one peptide. Uh, 
A friend of mine, Salim, Salim Satir, yeah. uh, spoke high, speaks highly of uh, Pete Alon. He's been telling me to take this for 10 years, man. <laughs> and uh, I remember him saying that if he was in charge of uh, government, he would give it to people for free. Yeah. And just the cost of saving in health care would outweigh the cost of giving yeah. it. So... Uh, Basically, it's more of, okay, sometimes you get uh, immediate effect. And uh, most of the time, it's on sleep. It, it, uh, it's uh, upregulated uh, uh, melatonin yeah. secretion. It brings it, but you see that more so with older people. Uh, it, it, brings it, uh, it brings the levels back to uh, youth food levels. So a lot of, when I'm talking older, maybe like, 40 and up. Sure. Uh, they see right away or within a few days uh, much better sleep. But the general effect, it, it's the kind of peptide, if you start to take it now, you, you will thank me in uh, 15 years. Uh, you don't get that. Okay, you take one shot, 10 milligram shots of TB500 in two days, it's like, whoa, yeah, it's working. Epitalon, it's not really noticeable. It's, you won't notice right away. Even the, you know, uh, I've seen, uh, I'm in a few groups in Facebook and, um, you know, they, they, they measure their telomeres before a cure of, let's say, three weeks or a month. Then they measure it after. And they, oh, it's not working. Very well, no. There, there are human studies where they did see an increase of uh, about 15% in the telomere length. But those studies were conducted over 15 years. Right. You know, don't expect the telomere to suddenly like grow big. In, sure. In, in it's take longer than that. That's why I say if you do it twice a year, you start now in 10, 15 years, then yes, you'll a bunch of effect. Uh, That's a hard sell for people. Most people don't want to sit down and go, I'm going to take this every year for the next 15 years, maybe. No, not maybe. That, that is for sure. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but, but the, the, uh, the problem with it is with the peptides. This is a serious concern. It's like where are you getting it from, right? And how oh, do I know well, that yeah. no, I'm not just spending a bunch of money on something that's just you know some crappy powder that there's nothing in there? There are there are three sources basically of peptides. The the one you see the most are those internet sites where they sell it sometimes like ridiculously cheap. And uh, those 90%, uh, roughly, uh, they're imported from China. Now, not that they don't get the right peptide, but they don't get the control. They don't get the security. Sure. They, at the end of the day, they're not sure what they're taking. In terms of quality, in terms of dosage, you know, they, they advertise, uh, let's say, five milligrams per vial, but is there five milligrams? Right. So, you know, the, there is that doubt always. And is it contaminated with something else? And that's the other thing. Uh, when we talk about the quality, you don't know what's in it. Besides, that, there is one peptide, actually PNC27, and the FDA uh, sent another because they tested the product. It was PNC, but they found uh, dead bacteria in it, which can, you know, reconstitute, you know, we don't know 
it can do. So I don't think anybody, you know, with that uh, AVR uh, code or something, a few years ago, I don't think nobody wants uh, Chinese bacteria. Yeah, even flu. Uh, so, so this is a problem. How do we know, right? Like, I mean, this is this is enough. That is enough right there to deter anyone from wanting to try this stuff. Like, because I don't know where it's coming okay. from. I don't trust. The like, second source would be a compounding pharmacy. Uh, where they uh, they have their own uh, HPLC, so sure. whatever wherever they get it from, it's tested when it comes in, uh, then it's compounded as it should be, and uh, then you can have uh, that kind of quality. It will be more expensive, but uh, it's not out of greed. It's simply out of uh, quality, basically. Pay for the the, the, the the whole thing. Uh, so compounding pharmacies, uh, there is a, a few in the U.S., but usually they will sell to you with. Uh, you'll need the physician uh, script sure. to, to, to to go through those pharmacies, and uh, there is small companies that produce. High quality. Well, not, I don't know. If, uh, my company <laughs> in Montreal. Yeah. Basically, it's uh, it's produced in the university lab. It's not officially GMP because that will increase the price. To give you an example, uh, the, we had uh, we had to give a quote for one peptide. I don't remember which one and uh, nor quality, but the quote was. If it was non-GMP, it would have costed them $5,000. If they wanted it GMP, it would have been 80000 At the end of the day, the exact same peptide. Right. But the GMP involves paperwork, involves the government coming in, involves a lot of stuff that cost. So, and... That's why uh, to uh, compounding pharmacies, it's so expensive because they, 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 they are GMPs. So my company, we went, we're like in between. We, we sell those, uh, we make GMP quality without the GMP certification. So now it's a bit of a leap of faith from the, the client, obviously. But... Uh, to uh, at uh, so you get the same quality at uh, affordable price. It's sold as research chemicals, so no, you don't need uh, uh, physician uh, script for it. After that, what you do with it, it's it's you. So uh, in in the U.S., I'm pretty sure there must be a few companies that do that sure, too, but sure. I don't know which one they are. Yeah. Just, I, 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 I have ideas, but to be sure, I would have to see, to visit their labs, and sure. I, 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 I didn't do that. So wrapping up Epitalin, um, yes. suggested dose and, well, and protocol. All the human studies done on it that showed the effects, the dosages was... Total was either 50 or 100 milligrams done over 10, 10 days. Uh, different protocols, but again, at the end of the day, the importance is to get the full amount. 
And me, I'm in favor of 100 milligrams twice a year. Uh, I've seen in cases where there was an effect on sleep that then you could see an immediate effect. Uh, it seems to work better if you take smaller dosages per day and spread it out. So instead of, like in the studies, of taking 10 milligrams a day for 10 days, then take uh, 5 milligrams a day for 20 days. Right. For short-term effects it may have, it seems to work better. Awesome. So one of the things that I'm super interested in is melanotan too. And, um, you know, you and I have discussed that personally, but I'd love to hear more about like, you know, some of the things people know about melanotan is it's going to cause a tan, but it seems yes. to have a lot more. Okay. Very it's interesting actually, effects. There is that uh, anti-aging uh, doctor in Belgium, uh, Thierry Hertogs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in his um, protocol for anti-aging, it includes uh, melanotan. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's still aesthetic, but uh, it, it's for wrinkles, basically. Uh, hmm. I'm going to make it short. Black people who secrete a lot of melan- uh, melanin, yep. they don't wrinkle so much hmm. because it thickens the skin. When you're tan, the skin is thicker, less wrinkled. So, uh, and, and the... the, the <clears throat> The normal secretions decrease with age. So it's included, it's still aesthetic, but yeah, it can, it's small dosages for that. It can be part of an anti-aging protocol. And uh, of course, there is that uh, pro-sexual effect. There was one company a few years ago who wanted to commercialize uh, melanotan as a concurrent to... uh, to Viagra, basically. And the only one reason that they couldn't, and in general, why melanotan is not sold in pharmacies, is uh, that one side effect, the percentage is too high to go as, as a drug. No. Uh, if you have a tendency to do high blood pressure, it may That's aggravate it. True story, yeah. Um, now, you've never heard anything around... Um Decreasing inflammation or uh, you know being any affecting blood sugar or appetite anyway. Appetite it does increase a little the appetite decrease decrease it so, but I wouldn't count on that you know in a weight loss protocol. It's a, it's a slight decrease of hunger. It may help, but I wouldn't take only that. To lose weight, you know, sure. say no, no, no. But yeah, it, it has a slight effect. Is the libido increase? Um, is it the same in men and women, or mostly men? Uh, no, women too. Because uh, the effect is in the uh, no all those drugs like Viagra, Cialis, they work uh, locally on the nitric oxide the systems to, to increase the blood flow there and then. Melanotan 1 and 2 and PT141, which is a derivative of melanotan that doesn't make you tan, but you get that post-sexual effect. They work in the brain. So what it does, it stimulates not only, okay, to be blunt in man, it won't only stimulate the erection. It will increase the uh, drive, the sexual uh, urge. That's melanotan 1? 
uh, two. Okay. And PT one four one. So it increases that. Uh, just to bring people back in time, you know, when you're 16, 17, sure. and, you know, you got to go out there and find a girl. Yeah. Well, it brings that back to you. Interesting. Um, any benefit that you see from Milana 10 one? Uh, they're, they're pretty much the same. Uh, Milana 10 two seems to, uh, you know, I didn't look much into it. Uh, I never paid attention to Milano Tan One, mm-hmm. so uh, no, I couldn't tell. Okay. Actually, uh, great. Yeah, not many people have, but I've heard a couple of people talk about it and, and have some interesting effects. Mm-hmm. How about uh, one thing that I'm really interested in is GW five hundred one five one six, otherwise known as card, right? So it seems like some of the benefits and studies there have been uh, crazy because there's tons of human studies, right? Yeah. So some tons of the, some of the results there. Are, it seems like uh, a pretty incredible uh, opportunity. It is. Uh, you know, in the last few years, they talk, uh, the, the big thing is uh, mitochondrial uh, yeah. health. Yeah. Well, that would be the product. It increases the number and activities of uh, mitochondria. Uh, increases for, pe- for athletes, it does increase vascularization mm-hmm. in the muscle. Fed, yeah. So yeah. that's an automatic increase in VO2 max. Yep. And... Uh, yeah, basically that. Oh, that's what it does. But let's come back to the mitochondria effect. Uh, uh, that's basically as we grow older, mitochondria uh, get uh, sluggish, sure, so yeah. to say. So that brings back their normal or even more activity. So that that could be one of the product uh, you could use as a base actually for anti aging product. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some great benefits with myself and with clients and just like almost immediate fat loss, increased energy. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the numbers with cholesterol are pretty fantastic as well. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't see that again in a week, but over time, after some months, yeah, you, you would see an improvement in that. Uh, because it, it makes uh, your cell uh, prefer fatty acids as, as a source of energy over uh, glucose. Interesting. And it works even better because of that if you're on a ketogenic diet. Uh-huh. It, it, uh, it makes the the diet works even more and you get a better effect uh, endurance-wise. And what's the dose on that? Those are just... You, you could get... Like, if I would use it uh, in a anti-aging purpose, I I would go low, maybe five milligrams a day. That that would be enough. Uh, For an athlete, uh, then you would, then you can go up to 20, no problems. Uh, I've seen people who are more inclined uh, to use it for fat loss, sometimes up to 30 milligrams. Uh, and that's just an oral, right? That's like a, like yeah, a that's oral once, maybe twice a day. The half-life is 16 hours. So, uh, Any effect on sleep if it's going to be that long? No. 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 So you could take it, go to bed? Well, I, I would take it in the morning to get its greater effect during the day. Uh, but it, uh, well, there is a similar compound, SR9009. Yeah. yeah. That 
there are studies that shows its effect on circadian rhythms. So if you take SRM 9009 at night, it uh, it may disrupt your sleep. It's better to take it last dose, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, the latest. So that one's got effect on mitochondria as well? Uh, same thing, yeah. Which one, any like comparison, if we were to make a comparison of the two, like would it be both, would it be one, how, like? Well, to use both, I, it depends what why you take it. If it's for endurance, if it's for uh, mitochondrial activity, it, at the end, they both do exactly the same thing. The thing is that uh, SR9009 start to work further down the metabolic chain, yeah. and it includes... Uh, activation of a cert one uh, transcription uh, factor, yeah. same one as resveratrol, which is uh, one of because we have cert one, cert two, uh, cert three, cert four. Yeah. But it's part of the uh, anti-aging of the cells. So SR nine hundred nine would have that extra effect on anti-aging. And when I talk about anti-aging, I'd like to be clear here. In terms of uh, longer life, yeah, you will add some years. I'm not saying you're going to live 180 years. But me, I'm more of a believer in increased uh, health. Sure, quality. Quality of life uh, in your older age. So that you will see big time. Yes, I sort of not a nine seems to have some very interesting things as well with the um, increased endurance. As same you spoke same about. as a yeah. GW. Not to take both, it's not that kind of combination where one plus one will make three. Right. It's going to be one plus one equal two. So if you take 10 milligrams of one and 10 milligrams of the other, in terms of endurance, you'll see. It's going to be the same as if you were taking 20 of one or 20 of two. Right. So you can play with dosages like that, but you just increase dosages without like one plus one equal three. Right. So some of the benefits that this one seems to show is is pretty um, substantial increase in uh, fatty liver, or sorry, just... Triglyceride levels and exactly improvement of cholesterol. It, it favors the, yeah. the use of fatty acids. Very, very interesting. So my favorite um, SARM, so moving along to SARMs, mm-hmm. is uh, RAD140. So oh, I, yes. I think I've told you about that. Like it I, is mine too. Yeah. I, what an incredible product. And I'm very, very surprised with um, you know really how well it works. And, and it's kind of ubiquitous. Like It seems to work for everybody, right? So tell me about that and why it works so well. Um... Because it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, all SARMs works for everybody, uh, except LGD. About 20% of people, they don't get, it's like if, like they were drinking water. does nothing. But all the other ones, Osterine, uh, uh, well, RAD, uh, S4, they, they, they work for everybody. But why is RAD140 my favorite? And I'm not saying the other ones don't have that those effects, but no studies were done to show they have. Is that uh, RAD 140 is neuroprotective, mm-hmm. so and you do feel that effect on the brain because it gives you a sense of uh, well-being that goes past the physical uh, increase yeah. of its strength and everything. It's it really affects the mood. It 
uh, improves the mood. Again, as you said, you know, I don't want to people to believe they'll take it and it's like they're on cocaine. Uh, but uh, it's different for everybody. But there is some increase in positive increase in the mood. So, uh, and, and proven effect, uh, neuroprotective effect. So I like this one because for sure it does it. I like it because for sure it uh, protects the prostate. And for men, it's a good thing because if we live long enough, we'll all get prostate cancer. Yeah. So to have that kind of mild prostate protection, well, you probably will delay that if you were to have it. And for is a, it's an anabolic ratio, which is 90 to 1. Uh, that mean, doesn't mean it's 90 times more anabolic than testosterone. It's actually a little less, but maybe 5-10% less anabolic. So, But in practical terms, it's about the same as testosterone. But it's uh, <coughs> sorry, 90 times less androgenic. Right. So it's almost the perfect anabolic, what they have been looking for. First, when they discovered or they, they, they came up with anabolic steroids, where derivate of uh, testosterone, all those derivates you see today, you know, the cadrabalin, pribobalin, uh, da-da-da, those were ways to increase the anabolism and decrease the uh androgenic effect and to some extent they, they, they got it but you know maybe three times less androgenic than testosterone four times but nothing close to what you got with rad right, which yeah. is 90 times less uh it's uh it's amazing yeah. it's but, another increase in libido as well potentially uh, uh, with uh, with women, with a woman, yeah, not all of them. I've noticed you see more so that effect. Uh, you you would see with women, you will see a, a slight increase in the clitoris size, but not all of them. I've noticed with hundreds of people that that happened with more. Um, uh, you have those three types, ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph. Yeah. Uh, with mesomorphic women, athletics, one. It seems that the fact that they're athletics right. genetically... Probably have a better predisposition to using hormones. Uh, it seems that they have more uh, androgen receptors in those areas too. So okay. they're more prone to increase in clitoris. Very interesting. Um so one that um, we, we brought up briefly is uh, Osterine. I just want to kind of compare Osterine against uh, Rad 140 from your experience. Uh, it's the, its ratio is 20 to 1. So it's still so it's, 20 times less androgenic than testosterone. Yeah. Uh, in some cases, Osterine could be used where you would need a bit of that androgenic effect. And specifically, I've seen good results of that with women. 
pre-competition, maybe six to eight weeks before a competition, a physique competition, uh, uh, where that would help, actually. Getting them in shape, building muscle, help with what? Uh, same as Rad. But Why would, would somebody take uh, Austrian instead of Rad? I, I don't know, no, except no in reason. that specific case. For women, pre-competition, that may work better, weeks. just because it's a little more androgenic. Yeah, and, and they wouldn't need that at that point. Uh, probably because of the low body fat percentage, it disrupts uh, the hormones. And so you would add a bit of uh, androgenic effect that would replace the lack of uh, the estrogens. Yeah, it's important to acknowledge any listeners, like androgenic effect is going to be the masculinizing traits, so the deepening of the voice, the hardening of the muscles. Yeah, but they won't get that. It's not androgenic enough that they don't have to worry about that. Right. But, uh, yeah, that those are the, the full effect of uh, the uh, androgen how much do you believe in the growth hormone uh, secretagogues, so the GHRH and um, you know, the hippomorelin and testimorelin and, uh, um, and, and uh, CJC and all these different things? Like, I don't know enough about them to understand so well, but I'd love to hear how we can. Okay, as a, it depends why you use them, what for. Okay, if you're a contender for Mr. Olympia and you take... Uh, huge amounts, basically, of growth hormone, those secretagogues won't match. But for uh, more normal people, if you want to use it for uh, help fat loss or, again, anti-aging effect, then, yeah, they will make a huge difference. Uh, and they're they're very potent. Can you, can you differentiate? So I'm, if, if I'm looking at CJC twelve ninety five, uh, what is that? Uh, that? Basically, okay, they're derivatives of uh, ghrelin, the hunger hormones. But in the first uh, time of ghrelin research, they say, oh, but uh, if we inject ghrelin, growth hormone levels go up. They have the same receptors. So um, they say, oh, okay. So they did the same thing as they did with testosterone. They say, let's find, let's modify the molecule so the effect will be more on the growth hormone releasing and less on, on, on the hunger. And so the first, first one was CGC 1295. Uh, uh, that's, it has, different name uh, it's to like mud uh, 129 or but it's it's cgc 1295 no DAC. DAC is they add the thing that makes it bind to an albumin in the blood so it lasts longer but uh, it's not a good idea and i know that because the biochemist i work with in my company is the one who synthesized the first molecule of CGC-1295 back at the beginning of the... It was discovered at UCAM, where I'm at, and uh, he saw all the research that was done, and basically long-term effect of the CGC-1295 with DAC is that the mice would die of the herbivore death by using that compound for a long time. He always tells me, he says, no, not a good idea to use this one. Short term, yeah, it's good because you shoot twice a day, a week, and da da da. But no, not a good idea. 
it uh, it uh, it uh, it's basically a blood cancer. It the, the, the albumin it attached to it affects it and uh, uh, eventually can provoke cancer. Because you know, so CJC. If I'm taking that, uh, is that a daily thing? Is that a morning and night thing? Yeah, is in it- that case, that would be the long dark. It's a very short acting. So basically, you use it when you want your uh, peaks of uh, growth hormones. So if you use it for anti-aging, usually once a day is enough. And uh, for better in the morning, uh, right before sleep. So you get your peaks uh, overnight. It will increase uh, the quality of your sleep. It will increase the length and deepness of your deep sleep. And that's when a lot of body repairs, brain and cloud, uh, including happens so it's a good time to have growth hormone which is repairing when most of the repair occurs so right before bed it's a great time for anti-aging effect if you use it for fat loss then maybe twice a day right before bed and first thing in the morning those would be two perfect time to use it and if you use it really for a muscle gain three to four times a day. So again, first thing in the morning, wow. right before bed. A good time would be uh, maybe 20 minutes after the end of your training. Okay. I say you know, is, is it counter, counterintuitive with, or, or counterproductive with growth with no. um, carbohydrates? Yes. So if we, you have to keep uh, You have there. to, uh, no carbohydrates after, uh, about an hour before and maybe 20 to 30 minutes after the injections. And that's not for the growth hormone itself. It's for its conversion to uh, IGF-1, by the way. Uh, and, and, uh, and that's more so for people who take it for uh, muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually the IGF-1 increase that, that you want. Sure. So you have to watch that. Um, and that's because insulin and IGF are competitive at the receptor sites. If your insulin levels are elevated, then they may not get as much activity. As yeah, you. well, the liver won't produce IGF-1, yeah. Right. Um, can you compare, um, like, ipamorelin, tesmorelin, and all these other... Um, uh, well, th- there are uh, generations of... Uh, the first generation are um, the uh, GH... Um, uh, what's the name? The 2 and 6? Yep. It's, uh, those are the first generation. There were crude derivate of uh, ghrelin. So they still have a very strong effect on the appetite. You take those and, uh, okay, again, if you're a bodybuilder in the bulking phase, that's great because you're going to eat like crazy. But then there is a second generation that came that, the, the effect on the appetite was gone. But, uh, yeah, they do affect cortisol and uh, prolactin levels. So they, uh, and, uh, they increase it, uh, which is not so good. And then there is kind of a third generation where tesamorelin, ipamorelin, or portov, where there is no effect on the appetite, no effect on cortisol, and no effect on prolactin. That's why I prefer those. Right. So how do how does someone differentiate between you know the CJC, 
Ipamorlin, Tesmorlin. There's all these other ones that they take it. Like if you go to a, a TRT doc in the U.S., they're going to give you all these. I don't even remember, but um, you know, all these potential secretagogues because some of them cause like a, a an increase in the production of growth hormones. Some cause a release, right? I don't know how to differentiate. Uh, yeah, well, CJC twelve ninety five. Is a For, oh, okay. it's, it's not clear, but they have, okay, there is two classes. There is one class that provokes the actual secretion or the, uh, of the growth hormone, mm-hmm. and the other one increases the, the size, right. so to say, of that secretion. Right. So now if you combine both, you get that one plus one equal four or five actually so if you would take for example 100 micrograms of cgc 1295 let's say you would have a peak of growth hormone of 10 let's put a number like that if you would take ipanorelin take 100 micrograms maybe 150 it's a bit less potent so you compensate you would get 10 but if you take 50 and 75, no, half of one and half of the other one, then the peak will be maybe 20 or 30. Uh, sorry, will be, uh, yeah, 20 or 30. So with much lower dosages, you get much higher peaks. And there is a, a saturation because basically it works at the pituitary. Yep. And there isn't that many receptors there. So uh, roughly the saturation, not, I wouldn't say full saturation, but the optimal uh, dosage is roughly one microgram per kilos of body weight. So if you weight 100 kilos, 100 microgram uh, would do. From that point, if you double the dosage, you will increase your secretion. You won't double the secretion. You will increase it by 50%. And if you double again, if you go to, let's say, 400 micrograms, you will have an extra 25. You know, you have that diminishing return curve that is not worthwhile. Right. If instead of increases dosages, uh, if you want more effects, increase uh, frequencies right. of injections. One thing that's interesting to me is... Um deep sleep inducing peptide. You know? Oh, I love this one. Right. I've never used it, but I'm very curious um, what, if, if you like it, if you say you like it, that's a good thing. Tell me about it. Okay. I, I've used it myself. I, I got misleaded like a lot of people because they see the we, we I got stuck and people in general, they get stuck on the inducing, uh, sleep inducing part. But uh, it, it's not going to put you to sleep. You know, you inject it. It's not like you take a Valium and in half an hour, bang, you're out. Uh, none of that. You're, actually, you're going to think it's not working. You know, it's, because it's it's not a sleep-inducing peptide. It's a deep sleep-inducing right. peptide. So what it does is at time of deep it will induce it. It will provoke the deep sleep in due time. You know, you have to go through the, the phases of sleep. So it will make your deep sleep deeper and longer. 
And I've seen it, and other people, you know, have the or worrying or you know with uh, trackers. And yeah, in my case, when I use it, it increases my deep sleep length. Uh, it doesn't track the deepness of it, but the length it does by a 20-30% increase. In wow, that's amazing. Uh, and uh, on, How often do you use it? That, too, is tricky. It's one of those peptides that you don't... Eventually, you don't need to take every day. It triggers... It kind of resets your brain. So, and actually, it works better if you take it during the day, not before you go to sleep. Uh, it's actually better to take it at least two hours before you go to sleep. You mm. take it in the afternoon, no problem. And what uh, I, I do is if I'm to use it, uh, I will use it maybe seven, ten days every day. And then after that, you can, every two, three days, one shot, and it's going to, because you're resetting that all. Uh, sleeping pattern uh, thing. So it's pretty amazing for that. It's still uh, up to a few years ago. That peptide has been known for many years. People, uh, the researcher, they had no clue. They they knew it was produced in the body, but they had no clue where it came from. Now they kind of found out where it comes from. But it's... uh, it's uh, it's a bit of a mysterious peptide in that sense. Interesting, but well, it works. If it really works, good. it's great. So let's move on to, to brain stuff because that's maybe my my greatest area oh, of fascination. Yeah. So C Lank and C Max being the two primary ones that um, most people may or may not have heard of, but C Lank and C Max being the two maybe most common, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about C Lank. So. There's some obvious uh, research behind this stuff. And is it uh, uh, injectable or is that oral? How does that work? Okay. Uh, the best route to use them is injectable. Second best route would be intranasal. But as uh, best route is injectable because 99% of it reach the blood flow and it goes where it's supposed to go. Uh, oral, it's not going to do anything. It's going to be there. There are very small proteins, basically peptides, so you digest them. Uh, intranasal, you still have uh, some absorption. Maybe if, I would say roughly sixty percent. Do you guys have that the intranasal? Well, uh, we don't have it, but it's easy to make. You go yeah. on Amazon, you buy those uh, little. Uh, sprayer and dose it and bang cost $15 and do it yourself Um, the best route is still injections basically but if if you're to use it many times a day then yeah you do intranasal it's not so expensive so yeah you can do it this way and you still if it's for a biohacker for the brain and uh, yeah I would do it Intranasal, right. So, what are the benefits people are going to see? Is it just like, hey, my brain's going to work better? I'm going to have you know better okay. focus. I'm Things have... about nootropics, you know, uh, and let me tell you, there is a lot of research done on uh, drugs and peptides and things to increase intelligence, but it's not happening yet. You know, you, your IQ won't increase or anything. 
basically you use all those nootropics and brain repairs not to increase your brain capacity but not to lose brain capacity sure. which occurs with time uh, you know you try to keep what you have which is a plus already mm-hmm. uh, I came aware of one compound I don't even remember the name right now that was proven to increase IQ by two to six Cerebralism, maybe? No. No, I, I never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. I came on it. I'll, I'll, maybe next podcast, I'll, 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 I will research. get the compound. I'll, I'll be the first guy to, to be the test on me. Okay, well, yeah, I'll, I'll be the first. You know, <laughs> I'll be the second. second. <laughs> but that, that's the first time I see that, and it's all new, so I, I won't say more for now, but uh, in the upcoming weeks, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll send you the information. So if you want, at one point on your website, yeah, you know, mention it, I'll, I'll share with you because uh, I'm sure uh, many listeners will be interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically, it's to keep function brain. So they work at they work at different levels. You know, increase dopamine, increase uh, acetylcholine. Uh, Increase GABA activity or binds to GABA to work like. Uh, so that's why C-Link and C-Mac, they have many effects. Uh, so from, from what I remember, C-Link is more of a, like an anti-anxiety. It's more of a calming, like an antidepressive, where C-Max is more of like a cognitive enhancer. Exactly. So if you are to use both, I would... Want, I would use uh, C-Link more in, at the beginning of the day. And C max more at the end of the day, which calm down, uh, uh, and that would help to a better sleep too. Um, yeah, basically, uh, in terms of what it does, again, it's very individual. You're talking about brain. Uh, uh, you never know. The the best that that's why with the nootropics, um. I don't so, like to tell people. Uh, so both of these, you would say, maybe aren't something that you'd recommend people to try. So it sounds like TB500, BPC. Well, no, no. I, I uh, would tell one. them, try it, right. but one by one, right. see how it works for you. But it seems like it's pretty subjective, like you're not going to notice a big difference. Uh, well, no, no. Some people, they do notice. More yeah. so with the C-line for the, the brain uh, uh, w- uh, waking up. Yeah, yeah, you notice a difference. How about cerebral isomer? You familiar with that at all? Uh, actually, I haven't used it, but uh, Matt Cook has yeah. used it with yeah. uh, one of his patients that uh, I think in November he had a major operation and the anesthesia, when, not one that he did, went wrong. Uh, you know, the, the, the main anesthesiologist had to leave, so they put a student and fucked up. So the guy woke up with uh, some form uh, of uh, mild uh, dementia, the one where he doesn't have short-term memory, it's gone. You talk to him about what happened 30 years ago, it's vivid as if it was yesterday. I, I, I met with him, we talked, Every five minutes, he would ask me again the same questions, like bad case. And it's it's bad. The guy is a doctor. His IQ was evaluated around 170. This is Dr. Matt? No, no, it's, uh, no, no, not uh, another guy, a doctor from the LA gastroenterologist. 
very bright man. Uh, I spoke with, I speak Spanish, he speaks perfect Spanish, he speaks, speaks Latin, five languages. He yeah. speaks German, perfect. Uh, but now is no short term. And Dr. Cook gave him uh, cerebralism. And uh, yeah, it cleared his mind, but it was transient. Uh, it wouldn't last, but it did have an effect. It did work. Right. Uh, it, it what seems back. most interesting to me as far as all the brain peptides, right? So decreasing beta amyloid plaque, decreasing yes. inflammation, uh, protecting the brain potentially, right? So that one seems most interesting. Cause like, exactly. And, and again, in that sense, that's not the kind of effect that you'll see right away. It's the kind of thing that you, you use it regularly. I'm not saying all the time, but, you know, you do for a month. Stuff. Right. You know, you don't have to go crazy on that. But that uh, people using it will thank you in 10 years. Hurry up and start making years. it already so I can get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other only, only other one that I want to touch on today, because it's relevant to the muscle building crowd, is, is falstatin. And, like, is there actually any, any um, legitimacy to that stuff? Truth is, I personally haven't worked much. Uh, if I may... I, maybe you should have him on your podcast. Is uh, Salim Satir? Yeah. Is uh, when it goes to bodybuilding, he's he's the man. Supplements. Yeah. Talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> that, it, it, I totally agree. Yeah. He's it, it, be the man for that, and yeah. he has experience with those uh, inhibitors, myostatin uh, inhibitors, and all that. So I would I, I wouldn't step on his expertise here. Is the man you should uh, yeah. try to get on your podcast? I'll definitely connect with him. Is there anything else that we missed that maybe you you're a fan of that you sell on the website or um, anything else you want to talk about? Well, uh, soon. No, well, I'm I'm working on a few formulas because I've noticed working with Matt and when I started to send him peptides last year, the first thing he was calling me every day, say, okay, how much water in this one? How much of this? How much of that? Like every day calling me, say, well, okay, so I'm going to do something. I'm going to start to work on uh, formulas. Let's say one anti-aging formula. The one I have in mind will have like eight or nine peptides in one vial in the right dosages for each. So it's uh, no-brainer. Just put the water in, draw the, the quality, use it. You get everything. You don't need to mix like seven, eight vials. So for anti-aging, one formula. For brain health, another formula. Uh, for uh, tissue repair, DB500, BPC5, another formula. And eventually maybe I'll see other formula that, that would be worthwhile. So that, that's what I would see because we, we could talk anti-aging. There, there are many, many peptides you could use. Well, many, but like Matsina is in the game. So uh, what's that? Million Mats, uh, C. It, it works at the cellular level. First, it was investigated. Spell that for me, John, for uh, sure. M-O-T-S dash C. And uh, it showed in mice to have uh, amazing effect on the fat loss. But, yeah, uh, mitochondria-derived peptide. Yeah. So it's a bit – at this point, I'm not sure if GW doesn't do the same thing, actually. Right. But 
it has not pro- proven effect of uh, anti-aging effect. So I'm going to throw it in the uh, anti-aging formula. Right. I-, I will put some BPC-157 in the anti-aging formula. Why? Because repairing of tissue is, sure. is good. Not in curative dosages and preventive. Again, you always have to see the distinction. Um, There is uh, humanin, it's called. It's another... uh, Humanin? Humanin. It's another uh, anti-aging peptide, mitochondrial peptide. Can you spell that for me? H-U-M-A-N-I-N, I I believe. And uh, study in my show that when given that peptide, they live twenty percent longer. So yes, it does. Neuroprotective peptide. Two. Yeah. So you know a bunch of general effects that are overall good in the overall anti-aging protocol. That one, the only one that I've heard of talking of that peptide, and I was surprised. Is Ben Greenfield. Mm-hmm. I went to well when we met in Toronto. Yep. You know Ben gave a presentation and he mentioned that peptide and I say oh the uh, guy. When he mentioned it, we had a batch made already, but not put uh, it sitting there because I'm not sure yet of the actual efficient dosage. So I, again, it's not on the site yet, but it will be in the next few weeks. Oh, wow. The same for Matsi. We had the batch uh, done uh, last summer. I'm just I'm reading a little reading here online, seeing what what the it just seems as though it's just a mitochondrial efficiency thing, right? It's yeah, but through different pathways. Okay. Again, huge benefit to that, right? And so the listener doesn't know what mitochondria benefit are. As, as you age, your mitochondria, as you said, becomes sluggish, a little less efficient. So if we can turn them back up, our energy production goes up, our ability to to burn fat goes up, our ability to repair, to do everything. Yeah. Produce hormones. Uh, yeah. uh, when I was in uh, California, I had uh, um, NAD plus uh, yeah, IVs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I told you a bit before, uh, amazing results. Not results you see the first day. Me, I saw res- some people the first day they notice the difference. Uh, Charles used to see it with one shot. Me, it took like four days, but when it kicked in, Wow, I'm addicted. And Matt, the, he, he uh, assisted to uh, one presentation he made in front of general public. And when he talked about NED, you know, people ask, what is it for? Mm-hmm. So Matt, he presents it. He says, look, he said, imagine a map of all Americas, north and south. NED, uh, so... That, that map of the roads are, are all your biochemical processes. Any NAD plus will work at all light and stop signs everywhere. So, and it does decrease your levels, they decrease with age. So sure. basically, you ask me what it does, I, I it does everything. Just energy production. Right? It does everything. It's, it's a basic molecule that is there uh, every process. Yeah, there's just the subjectivity from my experience. The subjectivity of the, is it actually work in IV form, right? Like, so we know orally we get some absorption. Well, it's poor. The, the the consensus now is uh, it would be like a front loading. You go for a few days uh, IVs, 
to bring back your level. And the consensus is you can kind of maintain those levels after by taking those compounds. You can buy you know, uh, nicotinamide ribose, yeah. and uh, that one, or uh, M&M, I think, or even plain niacin, right. 50 milligrams twice a day. Something that will uh, stimulate your own production sure. of NED. Those compounds wouldn't be enough to replenish, but they're good enough after you add uh, a therapy, IV therapy, to maintain those levels. So to make you need another IV therapy much later. So at the end of the at this at the end of the year, that would be a much more cost efficient like that. What dosage do you, were you doing uh, IV? Do you recall? It's uh, one uh, one gram. That's the highest dosage. It's it painful. It's, it's, it depends. If if the drip goes fast, uh, yeah, like but to control it yourself, you know, right. you have that little wheel. But if you do it in three four hours, it's it's okay. If you do it in a, a or even people now they do it. They, they call them uh, when you shoot everything. Push. Uh, a push IV. Yeah. They do it in like half an hour. It's ridiculously painful. Well, like worse but than the vitamin C. Uh, Have you ever done high dose vitamin C? Vitamin C. Yeah. But it's a kind of pain. It's not dangerous. It's burning. Not burning. Uh, okay, and on the chest, it's like an internal pressure. <laughs> And in the head, it's not a headache. It's a head pressure and warmth. Uh, it's, That's terrible. It's a weird sensation. Yeah. So when it's mild, when you go slow, it's sustainable, and it affects your speech. Okay. Somehow you you you, you have it comes slower. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because you have the pain at the same time, but but uh, I found it uh, worthwhile. And if you take your time, do it over four hours, you'll be okay. Uh, my uh, my girlfriend, she uh, she's a woman. They're they're more resistant to uh, to uh, pain. Uh, she would she could do it much faster than yeah. me without any yeah. problem. But uh, probably have a bit of a higher pain tolerance. Sure. Yeah, let's put it this way. <laughs> I was going to say sissy, but uh, yeah. <laughs> very cool. Jean-Francois, thank you very much. Uh, I'll direct everyone to your website. Um, you know, great resource for for Pep guys. Thank you very much and, for teaching uh, us. Hey, very good. And uh, I'll send you some table. I don't know because it's a podcast, but on your website, yep. a few things you could post. Perfect. Like the long-term effect of a pitalon, right. a couple of schematic explaining yeah. things. I'll tell you the easiest thing to do. Like I, I think I told you this the last time we spoke is like putting together one like cheat sheet. On, like here's all the peptides, here's what they do, right? Yeah. So anyone can download that on the website, even on your website. That would be a great yeah, thing they, to do. You know where I have the end. Because I don't like to write, but if they go on my uh, Facebook uh, page, not my personal but just look up CanLab. Yeah. That's kind of the business. It's, and once in a while, I put up little articles. I explain a few things. I put some schematic. Right. So people, I, I put the HPLC results of our products, but the HPLC of we do, not the one that the company will make it send to. Sure. But I you know the one we make. So. Right. 
But even as people order from you, I think it would be useful to send them this one page that has everything on it. Yeah. This is exactly what it does because you get so many different things. You're like, I don't remember what I'm supposed to take this. Like, what does it do? When should I take it? How much should yeah, I take? It can you become know? very confusing. Right. And you get five different products, you forget what to do. Like, having one sheet you put on the fridge would be very, very helpful. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh... One more thing. We'll, we'll get more people to uh, like this. <laughs> we'll get, get more people to come to your website to pick that up. All right, John. First of all, thank Great. you so much for your time. Very welcome. Thank you. And that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jean-Francois and you gathered a bunch of information. Maybe you took some notes, maybe you didn't, um, but definitely check out the show notes on this one to check out all the details that Jean-Francois was giving you. Um, And I definitely plan to have more guests on the podcast in the future with respect to peptides because I know there's a lot of great authorities out there. I know this is a very interesting topic because these substances and molecules have tremendous positive implications and don't seem to have a tremendous downside because of their relatively short half-life. It seems as though the negative effects are relatively limited. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed our conversation. You got tons out of it. And as always, share with at least one person you know will love it. Head over to iTunes right now. Leave a review for Jean-Francois. Let him know what you thought of his information. You can also check out him on Facebook. Uh, where he gives a ton of information on peptides on a pretty consistent basis, two to three times a week. He's got a new post about something or he's sharing research. Um, And if anyone has any research they want to share, by all means, head over to the Muscle Intelligence Facebook group. uh, Join that and share any of the research that you're interested in sharing with myself or any of the guests or followers of the Muscle Intelligence podcast. Have an amazing day. Thank you so much for tuning in to Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.